From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be in the world. Uh, Pastor Mike Douglas here, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and the inimitable Mr. Owl, our printer, Cesar Al Ramsey, with us as well here on Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us, and especially those of you who are international listeners. What a privilege it is to be able to share with you uh, every week Lighthouse Live, and we just so much appreciate you being part of the Advancing Vibrant Communities uh, family. And uh, tonight, one of our favorite nights, uh, mm. because it's one of our favorite people here with a doctor is in, Dr. Jim Hinman, <laughs> with us, uh, author of Who's Really Driving Your Bus? And uh, we we're having a little discussion earlier uh, over some uh, wonderful dinner here at, uh, at Advancing Vibrant Communities. And, yeah, well, we get spoiled around here, I'm afraid. And, and uh, one of uh, the guys around the table said, well, you know, it feels like the bus is driving me. You know, sometimes, and in today's uh, world, with all the pressures that uh, are being exerted, why we're going to uh, plumb the depths of what that means in just a little bit. Right now, at the top of the program, though, let's check with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. It's 1890, China. Chang, a thief and a womanizer, had gone blind. But when his eyesight is partially restored at the mission hospital, he gratefully accepts Jesus as his savior. A missionary testing Chang to make sure his conversion is genuine and not just emotional gives him a challenge. Go and tell your neighbors how you have changed. When I visit, if you are still following Jesus, I will baptize you. Five months later, the missionary is astonished to see 400 others waiting with Chang to be baptized. In the years to follow, Chang would lead thousands to salvation before he is beheaded, a martyr for the gospel of Christ. How do you respond to the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live. And, uh, you know, Jim, just think, first of all, I don't know about the missionary and the performance thing, you know, mm-hmm. with good, but that's okay. Let's, let's just set that aside for a moment. But it, as I was thinking about that particular uh, Voice of the Martyrs story, uh, Romans 12 comes to mind where Paul urges us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we were talking a little bit earlier, and we'll go into this in a little more detail a, a little bit later. You have to have really God's worldview mm-hmm. to understand why you'd want to do that in the first place. But But second of all, how, how that fits into the, the, the grand mosaic, you know, the, the little puzzle piece that, that's us, mm-hmm. fits into this huge, wonderful plan, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless 
you see the whole thing, the whole picture. Well, and to see it would be difficult enough, but to see it from the one perspective that it lets it all make sense, mm. that's where the fractal comes in in uh, the shack. Yeah. When yeah, Papa right. is talking about how from every angle it looks like chaos except from one angle, yes. which is God's perspective. Yeah, yeah. And when we try to make sense and are not coming from God's perspective, then it, it it's a distortion. And, and frustrating. And, and very frustrating. And makes you angry and, and bitter and, and, and all those things. Yeah. Hey, just a reminder, calendar-wise, friends, uh, will be a greater true light. Yeah. Baptist Church comes, is it this Sunday? <laughs> I think all, so. Already. It gets here quickly, And anyway, it? we'll we'll be there uh, worshiping with them and sharing uh, the message Saturday morning. So if you happen to be in Modesto. Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday thank morning. Thank you. You bet. Yeah, Saturday morning I'm doing a funeral. Don't come to that one <laughs> unless you know the person. But Sunday, yeah, Sunday morning, Greater True Light Baptist Timing Church. Is yeah, timing, timing is important. Timing is important. Yeah, you know, God God makes sense of all that stuff. I, I guess. Just a reminder, friends, as, as well, Connections 2009 is in full swing. And, again, that uh, really was birthed out of the prayer summit. Uh, a year ago, and with the pastors in Modesto, and and it's really very simple. It's a it's a focus, not just on 2009, but you got to start somewhere. It's it's a focus on encouraging people to reach out and love your neighbor as yourself, as a lifestyle on a regular basis. And if you'd like ideas on how to do that, Elaine's going to give you some in just a second. Remind you, you can also go to our website, our daily update page. If you click on uh, www.vibrantcommunities.org and you click on the little red flashy thing, <laughs> it'll take you right to the uh, daily update page. We have some opportunities. The 24th annual Daffodil Days, they're blooming in our community, in our area in March and that's coming up faster than we care to think. So daffodils, one of the first flowers, actually, to bloom each year. And they are a symbol of hope. And don't we need that now? Huh? A hope for world free of cancer. Uh, and this springtime, a sale of fresh-cut daffodils raises funds also to support cancer research, public education, advocacy, and patient service programs. And volunteers are needed to help prepare the orders on Saturday the 14th of March from 8 till noon and deliver those beautiful bouquets to Stanislaw and Tuolumne area businesses, hospitals, schools, and to cancer patients, too, on Monday, March 16th from 9 to noon. Uh, delivery volunteers, it's a good idea to have a valid California driver's license, proof of insurance. <laughs> I was going, darn. And uh, also Minor details. <laughs> details, details. Don't sweat the small stuff because it's all small stuff, right? And, and your own vehicle, that helps too. Uh, Howard Training Center for the 15th Annual Crab Fest Fundraiser. For all of you crab eaters out there, uh, March 6th and 7th uh, at the Howard Training Center, Whitmer Hall. Great food, entertainment, and dancing to the Silver Moon Band. Uh, now down to business where the volunteers come in. Uh, needed to help uh, set up, serve, and clean up uh, March 6th, beginning at 2, and uh, March 7th at noon. Volunteers also needed to help uh, set up, clean up uh, from 8 until 9. Howard Training Center operates three major facilities, actively providing opportunities for adults with disabilities, to learn and excel in a variety of developmental uh, developmental programs, and they uh, they serve senior meals. Great, great organization mm. 
We highly uh, recommend that you help them out. Habitat for Humanity, Stanislaw, Mr. Al knows them very well. Uh, building homes alongside low-income families while they build their dream of home ownership. Uh, volunteers skilled and unskilled helping out in areas of That would be me, the last part, <laughs> unskilled. Oh, right. we, do we want to go there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Assisting in all areas of uh, house construction and cleanup under trained supervision. Uh, Habitat is currently building homes Tuesday through Saturday, and volunteers must be at least 16 years of age and especially needed uh, during uh, the weekdays. Volunteer orientations are held every Thursday at 1230 or the second Saturday. The next Saturday orientation uh, will be held February 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, for interested volunteers. Habitat for Humanity addressing the problem of poverty housing by building homes in partnership with families who provide sweat equity uh, and benefit from no-interest loans to purchase their new homes. No foreclosures going on there. Um, we had a major fire. I want to also give you Barbara Borba's phone number if you have any questions about these opportunities to serve, as we're talking about Connections 2009. She's uh, accessible at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113. Or you can email her. She likes that, too. Bborba at uastand.org. Uh, and then you can always get a hold of us here, too, as we've got some uh, opportunities. Big time, we had a major fire at an apartment complex in our area here on Friday. Many residents uh, lost their homes and belongings, and thankfully, nobody lost their lives. Yeah. We're so glad for that. We had an opportunity here uh, to offer kindness uh, to these precious people who need beds to sleep on. We need sofas to replace the ones that perished in the fires, uh, see linens, kitchen appliances, utensils. Now, if you have donations, please uh, call our office, 209-544-9571. AVC is partnering with Red Cross on this. Uh, we need appliances, also refrigerators, uh, washing machines, dryers, and we must stress to you working ones. Can't stress that enough. We get calls for uh, donations, and, and sometimes, uh, more times than we care uh, to count, uh, these these units do not work. So, uh, dear friends, we just would ask that if you're donating these appliances, make sure that they work. Yeah, let, let me put it this way. If you are in need of something and Jesus Christ physically, corporeally, showed up at your front door with that item and you needed a sofa, would, would he show up with something with cat urine on it? I mean, what do you show, you know, he, he would bring you the best that he could. And, and you know, it's, so often we think, well, it's good enough for them. We're being Christ to these people, and, and they deserve the best that we can then give. So mm-hmm. when you're donating, remember, you're representing the Lord. You're representing his love, his grace, his mercy, and his compassion. And um, so you, when, when we donate, let, let's just keep that in mind. Amen. But. You bet. We appreciate your donations, and thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts for uh, your kind donations. And these people who are receiving them, uh, those who have lost their homes, they appreciate them as well. And again, our phone number here is 209-544-9571. Oh, we've been looking forward to this night because uh, Jim is like our resident doctor here, and he's a longtime friend as well as being a, a doctor, psychologist, author, and coach, and and just uh, so many things. And so we want to It's always a good time. You. It's always a good time. Oh, we just, just appreciate it. And you know, we are, are incredible times. Uh, in incredible times, and 
I saw this recently, a uh, newspaper article from Berlin, uh, dated January 6th. says, his spirit broken by financial fears, German billionaire Adolf Merkel took his own life this week, becoming the latest high-profile casualty of a global economic crisis that already has claimed the lives of executives in Europe and the U.S. What in the world is going on? Tough economical times that we're in, Jim. We see it, Pastor Mike and I see it every day. John sees it out in the field and Al in his place of work. You see it in your office. People are looking for hope during these times. Let's address that issue. I I think that the times we're in, although not meaning that it's being caused by, but but it's an opportunity, there was a period of prosperity, prayer, name it, claim it, um, type of mentality that somehow if you have good faith and you're a good Christian, good things happen. As we're talking before the show, um, that's not exactly how the owner's manual portrayed it. When you think of what happened to all the people that were in fact following Jesus it was not a picnic being crucified upside down it was not a, it was not a, a picnic being literally stoned to death uh, and yet that was what happened while still alive following him and yet we've lost that and we tend to feel like maybe there's something wrong with our faith somehow God must not uh, shine on us if, if our the company we work, work for is shut down or we've been laid off. Uh, there's a lot of people that through no fault of their own, none at all of their own, are finding desperate, desperate circumstances that have never faced desperate circumstances of this type, financial, uh, up till now. And it's a crisis of faith. It ends up becoming... Mm-hmm. Sadly, a crisis of faith instead of a difficult period of time. Well, and our response to that as the body of Christ is critical, too. You know, if it's, well, if you just pray harder mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, take two prayers and call me in the morning. Uh, <laughs> that one. You know, I think our, our trite answers aren't really God's uh, worldview either. They're inflammatory. They sure they are. And, mm-hmm. and, and they, they fan the flame. That's uh, that's burning inside of these individuals. So I, I think this would be the same person be... that would say to Jesus in the garden, "You should have more faith." Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think he knew exactly what was ahead, and that's the reason he was sweating blood and saying, "Dad, I don't want to have to do this, but Thy will be done." Yeah. It's the honesty of that combination, Dad. Pass this by if you can. That's important, and. Thy will be done. Mm -hmm. Jesus modeled honesty, transparency, including sweating blood, including crying, including feeling very touched that, you know, that uh, the sisters of Lazarus were hurt in order for what needed to happen to happen, that that somebody he cared that much about was, was feeling betrayed by him. And, and, and he was receiving the onslaught of the sisters. You know, why didn't you come earlier? Don't you care about us? You must not care mm-hmm. about us. 
which was not at all true. But that was the perception. If you cared, you would have been here before Lazarus passed. Well, Jesus knew, even as he was standing there talking to the to Lazarus' sisters, that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But he didn't say, well, shut up. <laughs> you know, uh-uh. Don't you treat me that way? Don't you realize I'm God? No, he absorbed what he needed to absorb for them to feel heard. Mm. And then he went about his business of, of healing Lazarus. So it seems like um, we, in, in our westernized mm-hmm. version of exercising faith, mm-hmm. that we have in, in some ways gotten the results of our best efforts. We, we've kind of mm-hmm. set this up uh, it, it, w- with the name it and claim it you mm-hmm. know, type of mentality, mm-hmm. even if we don't use those words. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a, at a crisis of faith because mm-hmm. all of a sudden those equations aren't adding up. Right. And now it's, you know, it's very difficult to go back and undo a lot of that deep thinking mm-hmm. and readjust it. But that's, that's well, actually, what we have Actually, the done. absence of the deep thinking in the first place <laughs> is what has to be addressed. Yeah, you know, true, I, th- yeah. I think one of the saddest things is how incredibly on the surface so many people's faith mm. ends up being. And going to desperate measures, aren't you seeing yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And God is deep. If you're going to have a superficial relationship with a deep God, something's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And God's not going to stop being deep. You know, that picture you were painting of Jesus, that wasn't a pretty picture no. for him. And no. yet his love mm-hmm. goes so deep. His understanding mm-hmm. For the human mind and the human mentality is is so deep. His patience is great. And that God was experiencing man's frailty through that experience Jesus was having. Because mm-hmm. he had the flesh container to be able to feel within time what normally would not be experienced by God outside of time. So that moment of pain... God sought and Jesus provided. And it was pain that was part of the the value of it. Pain is not a bad thing. And and I think Jim that that's one of the problems is that I think we've what we've put out there is a, a happy gospel, a sanitized mm-hmm. gospel mm-hmm. that uh excludes pain mm-hmm. as part of the process or messiness. We, yeah, we, we were talking earlier about the fact that without those, uh, I call them squares that, mm-hmm. that we kind of mm-hmm. pass through, you know, whatever mm-hmm. chapters, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Without those chapters or those squares that you land on of, of pain, um, the journey from A to wherever it is means nothing. Uh, the, the object is not to get to square Z. The object is to experience each of those chapters Mm-hmm. And God does some wonderful things through pain, and, and, and you know we wish it weren't so, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he uses that an incredible way to uh, to get us deep. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and you think of uh, going going back to your um, comment about the shack, mm-hmm. how wonderfully God deals with the way that we hand, we don't handle pain well. Right, right. And He fully understands. He's not surprised. He's not surprised at all, you know, and and is very compassionate in in our whininess and 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 uh, our our 
anger and and our bitterness and but that's all that's all part of the journey isn't it all part of the process mm. it's it's so unfortunately that it's unfortunate that we don't really notice what we're really expecting we don't really recognize the definitions that we're working off of if if caring equals always saying yes the kind of one of the conversations earlier right um, and I'm taking a little bit out of context here, but but if I see saying yes as being Christ-like and no as being insensitive, then by my own definition, even though I'm not even conscious of it mm-hmm. at the moment, I have now given up the ability to choose to say yes because I have only one choice. To be mm-hmm. like Christ is to say yes, if that's my definition. Mm-hmm. I've actually given up choice, which is what God so values is for us to be able to choose. It's it's really ironic that we don't realize deeply what things mean because we tend to live very much on the surface. When things go apart, there's no substance then to to shore up the the bruises and the wounds that that come out of a fallen world. You know, we we often reference uh, Elaine a uh, couple of references in a in a wonderful uh, book that we've read, and and the quotes are from uh, Dionysius, who was the the bishop of Alexandria at the time of of the plagues in, in around 200 300 uh, A.D. in in Europe, and he chronicles how people are dying in the streets, and basically the secular community cuts and runs runs. I mean, you know, people are dying in the streets. There's a plague. Let's get out of here. The only ones who remained were the believers. Mm-hmm. And, and and he articulates how they joyfully took on the illnesses, sometimes even unto death, mm-hmm. of the people that they were serving. And, and you know, and that's, in, in our world here, very, very foreign and yet, you know, when it's hitting the fan like that, when mm-hmm. when death is imminent, and yet the compassion and the sacrifice uh, comes through, it's almost mind blowing in our culture that that people would even do that. And yet, who else but anybody who is living out, um, you know, the the the, the spirit led life and and is probing those deep things that God has us uh, to probe. Who else but a Christ follower would be crazy enough to do that? They took on the diseases. Mm-hmm. You, you think of people mm-hmm. like Mother Teresa and mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Elliot and people like that, but they truly understood what it's like to take on the burdens and, and to, to carry the burdens well, of I think the, uh, to let God take on the burden through them. Mm-hmm. And it's an important yeah. distinction because when he says that, you know, no, we will not be given more than we can carry, right. he's meaning that we can carry with him carrying the load through us. And we tend to forget that. Yeah. His yeah. plan is for him to live through us and with us and when necessary for us to carry the load. He isn't over there with his arms crossed saying, well, you're not very very good carrying that load, Jim. You know, you should put your back into it. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a loving compassion, and he actually, through his spirit, is wanting to be the one that carries the load with us and through us. And we forget that 
We think God wants us to carry it. I'll go carry it. And then when we feel crushed, we feel deceived by God. We feel betrayed by God. Or we feel that somehow we're a miserable failure and begin to hate ourselves for that failing. And yet none of that is really God's intent to do it ourselves. That that wonderful, often yes. quoted passage. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. Emily knows exactly <laughs> you know, where, where we're going on this when, when Jesus uh, says, Come to me, all you who are weary yes. and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your mm-hmm. souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, for many of us, it uh, took a, a couple of um, moons before we figured out that, and you were just alluding to this, mm-hmm. that was not a single yoke, mm-hmm. that Jesus, it's a double yoke, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and he's right beside us. There's mm-hmm. reason for that. And there's mm-hmm. a shared uh, load there, and yep. that distinction, I think, is crucial to Particularly in today's era, where, where for the first time, a, a man may be in a position that he can't provide mm-hmm. home Food. Losing his job and his yeah through no fault exactly. just by circumstance and if that means he's also a failure spiritually, mm-hmm. if that's the definition he believes that somehow he has failed, and therefore God is turning his back. Can you imagine feeling God turn his back at a moment of most dire vulnerability? What that can do to a person's mm-hmm. faith. You know, this is, we've got to be able to have ways of reaching out to it. The caring grace is such a, absolutely, and a safe place to look at more deeply the underlying assumptions that the world has so colored us with, has so filtered our perceptions that, that we don't see them as even filters. We see them as facts. And it can really crush in a day like we're in today. The care and grace groups are, are just a wonderful, wonderful uh, a place where, where people can, can receive that hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the places that we uh, learned of the care and grace groups, uh, Jim, is through uh, your book. And, mm-hmm. and Pastor Mike talked about who's really driving your bus. And before this show gets too far away from us and we don't uh, let our listeners know where this book can oh. be. Uh, purchased and, and uh, obtained. Uh, let's do that right now. Uh, this this book, Who's Really Driving Your Bus? And you know, mine is falling apart, and I've got <laughs> to really do. I want to get one of I those. I love to see tattered <laughs> books. I think they're so cool. <laughs> At Beardsley's uh, Book and Bible Store in Modesto, in the McHenry Village uh, Shopping Center, you can obtain one there. Also in Turlock at the mm-hmm. Family Bible Store uh, on West Main, it's available there. Or you can get it off of the uh, web, thecareforyou.com, uh, on the World Wide Web, a most excellent website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a plug for that. You have done it's some amazing. C-A-I-R. C-A-I-R, as in changing attitudes in recovery is what that stands for. Mm-hmm. And it is just excellent. So we just invite you, dear friends, to go there, visit that, and uh, click on to all of the little Gizmos there. I really East. enjoy the uh, the video. There's a free video on the uh, website called "Willing to Be a Fool for God." Excellent. And it is deeper than deep than deep. 
<laughs> it is deeper than deep. Was there a song about that? Uh, pro- probably, it's, yes. It's, but it, it is so relevant to the process that God wants his kids to be able to... Five chapters there, if I'm correct, and, yep. and uh, it's just each and every one of them wonderful. It's like mm-hmm. uh, going to church. Mm-hmm. This was my take on that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just excellent. And uh, Jim, you did a fabulous job yeah. on that, so we just invite our listeners to do that. Grab yourself a copy of Who's Really Driving Your Bus If You Want to Change Your Life and Recovery. This book uh, is a must. And I think we were talking about before, uh, Jim, this this is not designed to be a quick read. No, it, it's no. designed to be a, a plotting think through it. And Let me put it this way. If you can it. if you can speed read through Romans, <laughs> then I would say give it a shot to speed read through who's really driving your bus. Yeah, I write yeah. like Paul and James and wisdom cannot be taken in at the speed of light. Information can, knowledge can, wisdom can't. Mm. And people that try that, uh, they just feel overwhelmed. Well, the nuggets that you glean from there mm-hmm. uh, is just, uh, you know, you're not going to put it down. You're going to go back and mm-hmm. resource it time over and, and over again. You bet. So it's a, a great, great book. Well, we're glad to have you here. And uh, did you bring any special nuggets for us tonight that you wanted to share? I'm just feeling more and more of a, of a burden to have people have a safe place to learn the skills and tools that God intended to be free to all of us that are really sometimes very hard to find. And, you know, my time is expensive. His wisdom is free. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to find all the ways I can to convey that wisdom in a way that would be as cost-effective or free as, as possible. But I, I'm just really concerned with our culture here, Modesto uh, in the San Joaquin Valley, 10% unemployment going up, uh, jobs closing, that it's a time where people are either going to turn away from God or toward God. And if they turn toward God, on the surface, there'll be a honeymoon with an eventual rupture because you're not going to be able to find God on the surface. It's called, let's make a deal. I'm going to start going to church and God's going to keep my company from uh, going under. Mm. I'm going to start uh, doing a, a Bible study and God's going to keep my marriage intact. Let's make a deal is a human quality, not a God quality. He's not making deals. He wants us to learn how to see more accurately, and the filters that we that we are seeing through. Now we see through a glass darkly. Yes, you know, yes. I always keep coming back to that yes. that scripture. We don't realize how filtered our assumptions um, impact. You know, they talk about today being not not as bad as the Great Depression yet. Um, in some ways, it's probably mm-hmm. getting closer, mm-hmm. but there is no comparison between the Great Depression and today. At the time of the Great Depression, there was very little feeling of entitlement, very little feeling of personal rights and, um, and fairness. Uh, my dad, who was a hobo, actually rode the rails uh, uh, at the time of the Depression, yes. um, didn't have enough to eat as a child. 
And I say, well, gee, Dad, how, how do you feel? Well, I wish I had more, but there was no bitterness. Mm-hmm. Today, mm-hmm. there is such a feeling of entitlement. And anger. And the anger yes. and the resentment that's going to yes. boil over as people who have always seen them, the people that didn't have, them that were on welfare, them that were on food stamps, them that yes. were on, quote, yes. The public dole. My dad called Social Security the public dole. He used to say, oh, I'm on welfare, but actually he was getting Social Security. In his mind, he was almost ashamed to even take Social Security because somehow it just didn't seem right. He hadn't actually earned that money, although he had. But there's there's something really, there's something very ungodlike about the culture in which this crisis is happening. And if we can't get tools to people to see more clearly what they're actually perceiving uh, I'm just I'm just really I'm, I'm scared for for all of us mm-hmm. well friends the doctor is in tonight and we've got lots more with Dr. Jim Hinman you know this has become one of the most requested songs recently on Christian radio and maybe it's just what you need to hear right now too Here's the group 10th Avenue North. This is called By Your Side. We'll be back on Lighthouse Live. Why are you striving these days? Why are you trying to earn grace? Why are you crying? Let me lift up your face. Don't turn away Why are you looking For love Why are you still searching As if I'm not enough To where will you go
10th Avenue North by your side on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Dr. Jim Henman. I love that song. That, that uh, wonderful? is probably oh, one of good. the most requested song right now across uh, the country on Christian charts. And uh, great message. You know, when he died for us, he, uh, he wanted us to know just how much he he loves us and as uh dr henman was uh talking earlier jim it wasn't a pretty picture uh, but he uh he did love us that much isn't it interesting how because we we have a couple of national we call them abc national anthems around mm-hmm. here you know casting crowns uh you know has has some wonderful ones and and uh isn't it interesting how god is using music mm-hmm in our Christian culture right now to cut through the stuff. And, I mean, you just listen to the, the spirit of, of what was being said here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these uh, songwriters and musicians are nailing it. Mm-hmm. They're just nailing it when it's not really being nailed in, in a lot well, of other it, places. It allows them to speak it to the heart instead of to the head. Uh, yeah. And I came to the Lord as a result of second chapter of Acts. Really? Is uh, that right? hundred years ago. And, uh, <laughs> I, we were there with my, you. My secretary, I, I anyway. my secretary uh, uh, loaned me some. He said, it's, it's really good. It's Christian, but it's good. They're kind of apologetic. Yeah. Sure. And we started listening to some of the music that they, the harmony, amazing harmony. Yeah. And <clears throat> uh, then she said, well, you would like to maybe go to church with me. And this is my secretary. You know, I'm the doctor. <laughs> I wasn't a doctor then, but I mean a uh, therapist. Cool. And she just naively invited. We went. The next, that week, I read, while studying for my licensing exam, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and about half of the chapter of Acts mm. that got burned into me so deeply that it, it just, and they went back the next Sunday, and that's when, uh, mm-hmm. without the secretary, and I accepted the Lord. Wow. And it's been an adventure. I passed my licensing exam. <laughs> <laughs> Works in mysterious Which is good. <laughs> you heard that knock at the door, didn't you? Yeah. Open the door. Music's yes. powerful. Oh, yeah, it is. Indeed. Jim, we were talking about, and I want to go back to this a little bit, mm-hmm. because we, we see this so much, entitlement, and, mm-hmm. and the entitlement mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say a great percentage of the people who call us Elaine yes. are, are in that mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very surprised to hear that we don't have a warehouse of ready stuff to give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's not till that connection is is made with people that they begin to see uh, Jesus. You know, not as a, a trough to be drunk from, mm-hmm. but uh, as as someone who really cares for them. But you you were kind of charting a course there in entitlement, and and out of that can flow uh, bitterness. And you didn't use the word, but I I wrote down class envy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's unpack that a little bit. The difference between you know the 1920s leading into the 1930s and and today, and of course, you know that economy got put right by World War. I mean, you know that, um, and hopefully that's not how ours is going to write. But let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what, what it means to have that mentality, the entitlement mentality, and how easily these these uh, the, these feelings of bitterness flow from that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about <clears throat> some of the conversation before the show tonight. And John, who is just, if you know John, it's you know precious. John. I mean, you, you know Jesus. He's, he's just, 
he's going to be turning red and he's going to shoot me. But he's, he's got he's just got a wonderful heart, and you guys yes. know that. Yes. And and yet, even with somebody with a heart as loving and as freely giving as John, is is bruised by the insensitivity mm-hmm. of you know you put in a long day helping someone and and they don't even offer you a cup of coffee or right. a, mm-hmm. um, you know. And not that John cares about that. I mean, it, it's not that. It's it, it's really caring about what was happening in the process. It wasn't John could get himself right. a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. but the, but the feeling of mm-hmm. you know I, I'm freely doing this mm-hmm. because that's what God wants me to do. And even someone who is doing it that way, the best way it can be done, still feels like ooh, there's a, there's a little something missing when there can't be appreciation, mm. entitlement prevents appreciation and enjoyment. You cannot have entitlement and have appreciation and enjoyment. The two are mutually exclusive. Because of the assumptions? Because of the assumptions. And expectations? And the expectations. Mm -hmm. If I am entitled to something, I deserve it. If I deserve it, why should I be grateful for it? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as the performance-oriented Christianity. You know, you have two choices in that track of performance Christianity, either becoming a Pharisee, which is the one group that God singled out and said negative things about, while the rest of the sinners among us were loved, Pharisees were were confronted. And you need to be a, a Pharisee, or you can be feeling so crushed and failure feeling about yourself that you give up and and give up the faith mm. performance christianity formula christianity you need to you need to have so many prayers per day you know the formula god's not a formula god in the covenant of grace and i'm so thankful for you know? that oh I am so yeah. thankful you know i mean mm-hmm. I, I grew up professionally in in paramilitary you know mm-hmm. Police department, mm-hmm. very regimented, and the fire service, very regimented, and um, and and yet, uh, and maybe it's just you know, <laughs> growing older. Uh, I resist. Well, we're going to have a Bible study. It's going to be at this time, and I don't want to come at that time. You know, that's, I don't want to fit your mold. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to experience God. I don't want. I don't want your formula. You know. I don't. I don't have to go to 16 weeks of training to learn how to go. You know, serve someone. Just let me do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, because I think God gives us freedom, and in so many ways, in our in our Western version of doing church, we have unfreedomed people. <laughs> you know, we we've we've put them captive to our strategies and 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 and. Uh, to a receiving mentality, not a giving mentality. Yes, you know, right. We're to yeah. receive the sermon. We're to receive marching orders, and then maybe go do something. But the the fact that God speaks through all of us, and He speaks through us whether we're in church, whether we're in the office, whether we're in the parking lot, whether we're on the road driving somewhere, whether we're dealing with our own children or. Our parents, you know, the squeeze generation that mm-hmm. yes. that that I think we're all a part of here, you know, parents that are getting older and frail, kids that are maybe adult but they're they're hitting the same hard times we were talking about earlier. Sure, you know, it's it's not tidy. 
ministry is messy, uh, and, and has been so since the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned also, and I wanted to, to go back to this mm-hmm. very quickly, uh, a safe place. Mm-hmm. And we, I've come to understand over the years what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so important, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you have so to important. be in some unsafe places, don't you, Lane, in uh, order to appreciate We know a, about those. Well, as humans, place. we know by contrast. Yes. That's how we know something is by contrast. Having known the, the unsafety, yes, yeah, it gives you the reference point exactly. for the hunger for safety. Mm-hmm. So what, what does it mean, a safe place? In, in today's mm-hmm. uh, world, our, our formulaic way of doing Christianity, sometimes the performance uh, stuff, what does it mean to have a safe place to get real with God with, with some other folks? It all comes back to his nature. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The, what makes the caring grace what it is, for example, is that it's an extremely enriched environment, just flooded with tools, nuggets to help generate more choices, and absolute imperfect grace. And people that have been practicing those yeah. tools. They've been practicing those tools, they're coming together to support the journey with each other and with themselves. It's having God's nature with his name Mm. that makes caring grace what it is. Mm. I love, Jim, how you say, God, help me to see myself and others through your eyes Mm -hmm. and then help me to respond to them with your nature. And the key there, Elaine, which is so often improved on, is, Lord, let me see these poor unwashed needy people through your eyes yes Yes. well i are one and that's exactly you know and 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 jesus says you know it's easy to love Mm -hmm. those who are lovable Mm -hmm. you know even the sinners do that Mm -hmm. it's hard you know to love the more difficult ones Mm -hmm. and you know that's Mm -hmm. the challenge that we all face Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know we've had the privilege for the past i don't know 12 13 years i guess somewhere around there uh, to be involved with, with the pastor's prayer summit, and uh, w- and and you know our our commitment to each other. I'm talking about safety and what, mm-hmm. what that means. Um, our commitment is, you know, it's kind of like that commercial for Las Vegas. What's said here stays here. Mm-hmm. But, but it, what was really interesting this year, uh, our numbers were down a little bit uh, from normal. Um, about twenty five guys uh up on the hill together taking four days just to be real with god and 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 we say it you know and 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 what's refreshing is here are professional vocational um ministers and we say it you know guys what what's said here is going to stay here uh we're not going to use what we hear even as an anonymous sermon illustration ever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and um, it is okay to, to say what you need to say. And above all, and, and this is probably one of the hardest things, uh, but, but it's now become kind of just second nature to us. But originally one of the hardest things was we're not going to try to fix each other. Mm -hmm. We're not going to try to fix each other. Mike, Uh, that is such a piece of safety. Right there, yeah. right there. And you were asking earlier about what safety is. Right. God doesn't fix his children. Mm. He loves his children perfectly right where they're starting and allows his spirit to draw them into his nature. Mm. 
He isn't trying to fix them. And any time a person tries to fix another person, no matter what their intent, no matter what their desire and what they think God is calling them to do, God is not calling us to fix each other. Sometimes he's calling us to protect the other person from bruising us, say in a bad marriage where there's physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, infidelity, um, other kind of problems at work. Um, he, part of mutual respect is protecting, for me to protect you from hurting me is being mutually respectful. Mm-hmm. Mutual respect doesn't mean I'll respect you and you'll respect me. Right. Mutual respect says I choose to respect me and I choose to respect you. Respecting you may include protecting you from hurting me. Mm-hmm. And that can be a loving thing, not a fear-driven thing, to help create the safety. It's not okay to let someone bash you just because you think that's what God would want. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know so, so often, <laughs> and this is sad to say, but it, it's the way we are, uh, oftentimes in, in groups at... Uh, at churches and, and talking about a safe place and unsafe places, you know, you'll, you'll hear a prayer. Father, help our brother to see what he cannot see. <laughs> and um, although our brother knows what he should be doing, he, and, and we, we, we start praying this fix upon him, you know, and it is so refreshing. Uh, and, and I want to come back to this, you know, small, small group of the prayer summit this year, and I will not go into uh, and will honor that that mm-hmm. commitment that what's said there stays there. Yes. But the dynamic was because it was a smaller group. Um, man, there was some incredible touching with God. Is the only thing I can I can say. You know, some incredible dynamics in the presence of God, and and many walked away saying, "Man, this is an encounter like we've never experienced before." You know, but look how long it took us. To, it took us, you know, 13 years, some of us, to get there. And uh, and, and it is a process of surrendering. Let me see, surrendering. 13 years compared to infinity. Yeah, but, well, that's kind of small, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we appreciate, uh, Jim, your, your comment about a safe place and how that that is just so important. It's so important whether it's a relationship between partners or church members or co-workers, there needs to be a feeling of honesty, not niceness. Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't nice. I know I say that probably every time I come on here. Right. Jesus okay. wasn't okay. nice. He was loving. Mm-hmm. And loving and nice are not the same. Protecting someone from hurting you by being lovingly, respectfully open and transparent about what's happening. Like, Mike, when you're saying these things to me, it it really hurts me i'm not sure are you aware of that Hmm. well yeah you deserve it okay well can you help me understand what has you thinking that what makes you think that i deserve it because i'm i'm confused here confusion and curiosity are very powerful tools that the spirit can use to help bring some light to a troubled situation talking about the the caring grace Mm -hmm. groups Jim and the, and the value again of of smaller groups of people getting together. Um, 
does that facilitate the safety a little better, better dynamics rather than the large group dynamics? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah. you can only be intimate and transparent with so many people at a time, mm-hmm. I mean, at least for most of us. Otherwise, you put our game face on or mm-hmm. try to meet outside expectations, and that's not going to be the same at all. Mm-hmm. Hit very quickly, Jim, mm-hmm. on the importance of the definitions of the words and, and, and talk about ta- meaning the same thing when you're talking about defining words and that mm-hmm. you're you talk about Jesus being loving versus kind and mm-hmm. definitions of the words mm-hmm. meaning the same thing. Huge. Because kind ah. and loving tend to fit together pretty nicely. Nice tends to be... In fact, I, I don't know if I shared this. God's always given me nuggets. Grace without truth cannot be received deeply. Have I shared that? Yeah, I did. It's worth oh, okay. sharing. Well, share it again. Okay, well, we're, we're running out of okay. time, but let's. Uh, we got. Let's. Grace without truth cannot be received deeply. We will defend against it. Truth without grace is just niceness. Mm. It's not. It's not loving. Mm. You've got to have the grace and the truth interacting mm-hmm. to have God's nature being reflected. One of the nuggets that I so appreciate. Were you going to say something? Go ahead. That's right. <laughs> the present is the only place that change can take place. That's true. That's oh. so true. Why don't you unpack that a little bit, yeah. Jim? The present is the only place where. Well, seeing that's change the only place turn. that we can reach God and that God can reach us, it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because He is in the present, always in the present. When we're in the present, then we can tap into that resource. If we're in the past or the future, like, like it said in the shack, well, so Mac, where do you spend most of your time? You know, I don't know. You know, I could just see it dumb and dumber. It's like me, you know. Well, in the past, uh, feeling bad, or in the future, worrying. Well, Mac, when you think about the future, do you see me in it? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to worry without seeing God in that future event. And right now, Jim, for those going through foreclosures, mm-hmm. lost jobs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does that give hope to them? The hope is not in whether the foreclosure happens or not. Mm-hmm. The hope is what it means to that person about who they are mm-hmm. and who God is Amen. in relationship to us. Yes. And yeah. it's like we're, it's like, you know, it feels like end times kind of prophecy you know that in the end you know good is bad bad is good this is a this is i see part of this is a leveling it's like to realize that if i lose everything and still have him i am still rich yeah but if i have everything and lose him Mm -hmm. then like the billionaire from germany yeah i will you know i suicide becomes a viable option if i don't have him you know, and, and, and Jim, as as a chaplain uh, with with both the sheriff's department and the police department, just see a lot. Uh, it seems like we're going out on a lot of suicides. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it's it's pervasive. I, I, I was blown away uh, when when I started at how many of these we respond to, mm-hmm. and there's not one age group. No. It's teens. It's people in their seventies and eighties. It's you it's know profound it's, disillusionment. Hmm. That leads to a feeling of absolute hopelessness and despair. And if there isn't some something bigger than that, and God is the only thing I know mm. that's reliable, predictable, 
and present enough to to be a counterbalance. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to be happy if you lose your for you know your house and sure. And you need to be able to grieve that. Remember, grieving is a part of healing. But that doesn't mean that God's turning his back on you. Yeah. Are we out of time already? Oh, bummer. Oh, I hate man. when this happens. I hate this oh, part. Oh, we've got to bring him back. Always, always. <laughs> soon. Uh, very soon. Jim, we're going to hold you to that, my friend. Thank you so much for spending the time with us this evening. Dear friends, thank you wherever you are for spending your time with us here on Lighthouse Live. Have a great week, and may God continue to bless you.